Lord, open our hearts and minds to you. Guide us by your Holy Spirit. Grant us wisdom and understanding that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, may we be filled with joy at what you say to us this day. And let God's people say, Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the legal experts heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them. He came over and asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus replied, The most important one is Israel, listen. Our God is the one Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The legal expert said to him, Well said, teacher. You have truthfully said that God is one and there is no other besides him. And to love God with all of the heart of full understanding and all of one's strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more important than all kinds of entirely burned offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered with wisdom, he said to him, You aren't far from God's kingdom. After that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. So the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we talked about doing no harm, and we talked about doing good. And today we talk about the last of Wesley's three rules, and it's stay in love with God. And that's a bit of a paraphrase of what Wesley said. Wesley himself phrased it a little more bookishly. But thirdly, by attending upon all the ordinances of God. Luckily, he gave examples so that we wouldn't be confused. And his examples show us how staying in love with God fulfills this entirety. We do it by the public worship of God, the ministry of the word, either read or expounded, the supper of the Lord, family and private prayer, searching the scriptures, fasting or abstinence. We paraphrase that as staying in love with God because when we love God, we come together and we worship Him. When we love God, we sing His praises. When we love God, we seek Him in prayer, together and alone. When we love God, we try to do everything He asks of us. When we love God, we study His Word, both written and spoken. We hear His Word, and we try to understand His Word for us today. And we do those things because of love. Because at the core of it, if we love God... We want to do what God says. And if we love God, we seek his help. And if we love God, we're going to love the way he loves. The interesting thing for me is when Jesus was asked about the most important commandment, singular, Jesus answered with two. I believe the reason for this is that you can't have one without the other. 
And it's a problem that we often experience because when we talk about loving God, sometimes we separate it from loving our neighbor. And the problem is, is that if we aren't loving our neighbor, then we're not loving God as fully as we could. Because the thing is, is that if we believe that God loves us, there's no reason for us to think that God doesn't love our neighbor. Me personally, I know all of my flaws. I know all of my shortcomings. And I'm sure that I have flaws that I don't see as flaws that others do. But I know I fall short. But I also know that God loves me. And if God loves me, despite my shortcomings and despite my failings, I can't think of a reason that God wouldn't love the people around me. The other interesting thing about what Christ says is, nowhere does Christ say, well, recognize the sin of your neighbor, but love him anyway. Nowhere does he say, point out the sins of your neighbor so that they can fix them. He says, love God with all that you are, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Too often, we got caught up in the idea that to love each other, we had to judge each other. To love each other, we have to recognize the sins of our neighbor, point them out, recognize them, and then love them even though. Problem is, is that when God loves us, God talks about forgetting our sins. He talks about wiping them away so that they'll no longer exist in memory. Jesus doesn't talk about love your neighbor even though. He doesn't say, go love sinners. Christ says, go love your neighbor. Because they're a person worthy of love, just as you are a person worthy of love. He doesn't focus on what we failed at. What we failed at is irrelevant to that love. Because the thing is, is that if we had to live up to God's standard before he would love us, we would never be loved. If we had to be perfect in Christ's sight before he would take up the cross for us, he would never take up the cross. We can't earn that love. We can't earn it, but we also can't seem to drive it away. Because no matter how much we may run from God's love, it's still there. Because God doesn't see us as sinner. He doesn't see us as failure. God sees us as children in need of love. And if that's the way that God loves, then that's the way we need to love. Not thinking that people need to earn it, not thinking that we need to exalt ourselves by pointing out the shortcomings of others before we can love them, not thinking about how we love somebody in spite of how they act, but just that we simply love them. If Christ took 
all of my failings into account before he'd love me, I'd never be loved. And if he took a count of all of our failings, I don't know that any of us would ever be loved. But he loves us. And he loves us to the point that he says it all hinges on love. Burnt offerings were the way that people would make themselves right with God. They'd take it, they would offer it, and say, this is because of mistakes I've made. But here's Christ saying, no, none of that's loving. Love God and love your neighbor. Do those things, everything else falls in place. Christ tells us that all the law and all the prophets hinges on these two commandments. Nothing in here, nothing in here matters if there's no love. Because everything hinges on these two things. Love God and love each other. These three simple rules give us a bit of a roadmap as to how we get there. And I think that's the reason that Wesley put them in the order that he did. First, do no harm. Because if you are going to love God, you cannot harm that which God loves. If you're going to love God, you can't do things to hurt the people that God loves. Secondly, if you're going to love God, you're going to have to do good. You're going to have to show people. Show them you're a Christian not by the bumper sticker you have, not by the cross that you wear, but show them by the way that you love them. By the way that you give, by the way that you care. And do good in the world. And the last one is staying in love with God. That whenever we start to feel like maybe we're faltering, we come here. We build each other up in God's presence. We strengthen each other in God's love. We remind each other that we are loved. We pray together to remember that God hears our prayers. We join in communion together to remember that there aren't separate bodies for each of us, but there is one body in the body of Christ, and there is one blood, the blood shed on the cross, for the forgiveness of all of us. We fast and we abstain from things so that we can bring God back into focus in our lives. We can say, this is what I want. This is the good that I want in my life because I want to share that with everyone else. And we charge ourselves back up so that when we see that cross, it reminds us of all the good that we see. And it reminds us of the love that brought us here. That God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. And we remember that it's love that at the core of everything. That as we 
turn the corner into the season of Advent. We remember that it was with love that a child was born. Not hailed by kings, not born in a royal palace, but born in a manger, humbly to two parents who loved him. A child that would grow to love the world to the point that he would give himself for it. For the people who could never earn it. We give love because God gave us love. Because God is love. And when we share that love with others, we help them not to worry anymore. If we're so worried about ourselves, about what's going to happen, then we can't love our neighbors. And we can't stay in love with God because we're not trusting through. But here's the thing. When we love each other, and we help each other, with those worries, we can fully love God more. And when we can love God more, we can love each other more. Or we can alleviate more worries and help more people realize that with God there's something good. Something that makes them whole. Something that makes them complete. And we get there through love. Love God with all that you are. Love God with all that you have. Love God to the point that you think it will break you and let God strengthen you. Love Him so that you can go out and do no harm and fight for justice in the world. Love God so that you may love one another and do good in the world. And stay in love with God that you may be strengthened to do it all again. To do it all for the glory of God. Love the way that God loves you. So that others may know that you are Christians by how you love. Because God loved you before you could love Him. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And that gives us the strength to love all. Let us stay in love with God. In His love, in His hope, and in His mercy. And it is in God's mercy, I pray. Amen.